You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. It is a pregame pod. Your ears have not mistaken you. This is not Logan Bradley, uh, but don't worry, folks. I've got all of his notes because nobody wants my betting advice. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the Bears Wire assistant editor and that fantastic guy that we all know and love, Brendan Shagru. You can find him on Twitter at Brendan Shagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Brendan, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Ryan. I'm doing good. It's it's weird talking to you during the middle of the week. This doesn't <laughs> happen. We're usually tired as hell on a Sunday evening, but this is a nice treat. And contrary to popular belief, Logan did not lose all of his bets this weekend. He went one and one, but he didn't lose all his money. So that's not why he's not here. So just want to make sure people aren't worried about him somewhere in the desert, out in California. The man is fine. He's spending time with family and uh, we wish him well. Yeah, he's not in a trunk somewhere. We think we think he was, he was texting us earlier, so he's probably OK. Um, you know, we, we've got our, our our picks and everything else like that. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And Brendan and and I mean, and I mean this like it's nice that the old guys in the room, you know, we can we can still hang out with you young people and, and still, you know, have fun on a, on a Bears podcast. Well, you know, I mean, you, you guys, it's on weekday nights. You guys have your, you know, your kids, your bet 7 p.m. bedtimes. So we're recording this before 7 p.m. So thank you for staying up late for us. But no, I just think it's it's funny when I say that, too, because I'm, I'm 31. I'm not a kid. Like, I'm definitely getting older and I can feel it. But it's just and I don't see I really don't see you guys as like that much older or anything. It's just funny when, you know, I realize that Logan and I are the youngest people and we're just doing it recording during the daytime so you guys you guys are doing a great job of it and uh so to peel back the curtain just a little bit my wife and daughter uh are visiting family in florida uh and so i've got the bachelor pad so it's me and the dogs and i thought man this works out perfectly Logan is out of town i'm in town let's do this let's record i can record a pregame pod hold on wait ryan so you're you're home alone for how many days four days dude that's it's, awesome. <laughs> it's 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 bachelor pad like the dog situation. Uh, shout out to my buddy Pill, uh, who who uh, him and his wife took care of my dogs today. That was that was awesome. I'm super appreciative. Uh, but otherwise, I I'm I miss my wife. I miss my daughter like crazy. Like both of them truly. But I remember I was watching TV last night and I was like, oh, I better turn it down. And I was like, no. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna turn that shit up like let's right? go. <laughs> Wait, so I'm curious because it, it it wasn't that long ago because again I'm so young compared to everybody else. <laughs> but it wasn't that long ago that I was just living on my own or with a roommate, and I really only saw uh, my wife, then my girlfriend, uh, like 
a couple times a week, basically on the weekends. And I'd have like the entire week to myself and I just keep forgetting what that feeling is like. And so for you, I guess, what's like the, what's your, I guess, guilty pleasure that you're like, I can be a slob or I can do this without like anybody else around. There's a couple things. One, I made dinner and I didn't make any consideration to what anybody else wanted. And so I was thrilled about that. And the other thing is, I think you, we've talked about it before. I used to be in a band, um, play guitar and I sang in the band. And I my guitars have like so much dust on them. Last night, turn the amp all the way up to 11, cranking out. And, you know, it just, uh, it's just, it's nice to be as loud as I want and not have to worry about waking up a child. But again, I want to make, and especially if my wife is listening, I miss them both immensely. But that amp was, dude, it's it's loud. (laughs) It's loud. All right. So, so Brendan, um, I'm excited because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to betting and Logan left all of his notes and you're going to kind of fill me in onto all that stuff, but we do have a game to talk about and I definitely want to get into that, but I don't, I don't know if you know, the weather's starting to change. It's kind of looking really nice outside. You know, maybe you're going to start taking some fall pictures. Who knows? Like, I don't know. You need to get a haircut and The haircut that you're going to get is from my guy, Will, at Sheridan's Barbershop. There's nobody better. He's going to give you fantasy advice. He's going to make you laugh. He is a fantastic freaking guy. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years. They've got seven barbers. Yes, seven barbers. They are open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They've got appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience, Sheridan'sBarbershop.com. Or give him a call at 630-668-0137. Share it as a barbershop where traditional meets modern. You know what this time of year also means, Ryan? It is the start of house decoration season. Ooh. And I mean, Christmas and winter, they get all the shine, but I'm seeing so many Halloween decorations up. It's right? October. And it's so fun to just kind of walk through the neighborhood and see what people are doing. Uh, even just like yesterday and today, actually, same thing. Uh, my dog freaked out at people's Halloween dark decorations in front of people's houses. And <laughs> it's just a fun time to to look at houses throughout the neighborhood. And so you might get in the mindset of, thinking about buying or selling your home. And if you are in that mindset, then you need to call our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. If you're thinking about buying or selling a house in the Chicagoland area, there's one person and one person only, and that is Jeff with At Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And it's not about paying the highest price either. Contact Jeff today to learn more. And really, when I say contact him, if you have any questions, looking for advice, I mean, when I bought my house two years ago, I wish that, honestly, I wish I knew that Jeff was a trusted guy by the podcast because he would have helped me out immensely just with questions, what I need to do, even if even as we were starting the process to buying a house. So if you're even remotely thinking about that, give him a text, give him a call. We're giving you his phone number. So contact Jeff today, visit GenevaJeff.com. Or call or text him. Like I said, here's his phone number, 630-254-4734. You know those late nights, the the things that you look on your phone, those, those things that you shouldn't be looking at. You know what I'm talking about. Zillow ads. You know it. You're looking at the the listings on Zillow and you're thinking, man, I don't I don't think I could afford that. Maybe I could afford that. Do I really like that house? Do I do I want to check it out? Maybe I want to take a look at it. That's what people our age do, Brendan. You know it. You know you've looked at a Zillow listing 
or 700 before you're maybe not even thinking about buying a house, but you, but you're curious that, that that's our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. My wife sends me random listings all the time. And she's like, can you like get just, you know, a little bit richer so we can afford this house. That's way out of our price range. And I'm like, yeah, honey, you got it. Sure. Just keep dreaming. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I don't know what, what happened. I think Saturday night live even made a, a whole thing about it. Like, what do we like to do? We like to watch Zillow listings. That's, yeah. that's what we like to do. But hey, uh, Brendan, I'm not sure if you know this, but the Chicago Bears are in fact going to play a football game this weekend against the Minnesota Vikings. Before we get to that, Brendan, I I, I want to, there's been so much going back and forth with Bears Twitter lately. I'm just kind of curious, like listening to our last episode, uh, you know, having those conversations, do you have any regrets from from the last episode or anything maybe that that changed your mind since we recorded on Sunday night? It's funny because I talked about this with Logan last week. If you remember during the middle of the week, cooler heads prevail. You know, we're, we're not as hot headed. We're not as reactionary and that's to be expected. I mean, we just watch our team fail to score a touchdown and have all the points scored by a player who's no longer on the roster. So yeah, I guess I do have a couple of regrets mainly I was probably, and I think maybe we collectively were a little harsh on Luke Getze after looking at the film a little bit more, realizing how many pass attempts actually were called when execution was mainly, was probably the bigger issue here. And it, it kind of stuck out to me because of course our guy shells, we, we know him, we love him. He said, Matt Nagy would have had a better chance winning that game. And to be honest, I mean, that was an argument on Sunday, but after seeing some of the film, it's a little bit more like, well, I don't know about that. And just, yeah, again, realizing that a lot of the execution when it comes to the players, the receivers, the pass blocking, getting those grades after that was, I mean, you get it. Like Sam Mustafer. I just, my guy, Clay Harbor has been just tearing him a new one. And I know Sam Mustafer is going on. He's blocking everyone on Twitter, but he can't block in real life. I, I, I knew this offensive line was bad, but I still like I'm, I'm I'm banging my head against the wall trying to understand why Tevin Jenkins isn't a starter. Now he's not a great pass blocker, right? But he's he's better than Lucas Patrick. The combination of Mustafer and Lucas Patrick at center and guard, it's it's bad and it's terrible. Oh, wait a minute. Cody Whitehair just went on injured reserve today. Uh so that kind of sucks. It, it's crazy because let's let's take the Cody Whitehair injury out of it. But you brought in Lucas Patrick to be your starting center. You drafted a center in Doug Kramer late in the year or late in the draft. Excuse me. All signs pointed to Sam Mustafer not even being on this team when camp started. And lo and behold, both guys get hurt almost right away. Sam Mustafer is coming in in more of like a hey emergency role. We need you to hold the fort down a little bit. But then when Patrick comes back, I don't understand if he doesn't have a club on his hand and he was practicing snapping in practice again, prior to the Cody Whitehair injury, why wasn't he playing center from the start and stop rotating offensive linemen? I mean, you and I, we talked about it actually on Twitter, I guess, with listening to Kyle Long on another podcast, talk about playing next to offensive linemen and how long that cohesion actually takes to kind of gel And he said it takes at least like six weeks. 
And when you're rotating guys in and out, that's not helping anybody. And now I guess we finally have our answer because they're, we're going to have a consistent line for the next at least four weeks, assuming everyone stays healthy. It's not the line we want though, but it's, it's baffling. And I can't believe at week five, we're, we're in this position where Sam must for continues to start. He can't keep getting away with it. So Riley reef and Alex Leatherwood, they're, they're injuries only kind of starting spots. Right. I mean, I just, I don't know. I kind of want to kick the tire just a little bit. I know Larry Borum, Larry Borum had what, let's say three pretty good games and one not so great game. He wasn't, but nobody was good. That the thing that frustrates me so much, Brendan, and I, and I, I do think cooler heads prevail, as you said earlier, but I'm still very frustrated by this, like th- this lack of offensive production against a really bad giants team where, you know, I, I think the Minnesota Vikings have a far better defense and I mean, I don't, I don't see it getting better anytime soon. Do you? No, <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially when it comes to the injuries, we still don't have David Montgomery. And I think that's another thing. Like we, we love to, and certain people on this podcast do love Khalil Herbert, love to see him potentially be the starter. But when he is the starter, he struggles more because he has more responsibility. He has more of a workload. He has to be better in pass protection and he's not compared to David Montgomery and you need a good running back in pass protection, especially when your offensive line is trash. So you have Montgomery out, you have white hair out your receivers aside from Mooney Mooney's finally starting to show something. Everybody else isn't. I mean, who knows what Nikhil Harry's going to provide. He's coming off IR thankfully, but do we know if he's even going to play this week? We don't yet. So when you put all that into place and then you think about this Vikings defense that maybe isn't elite, but you're right. It is much better than the Giants defense. I don't see things getting better. I mean, maybe some parts of the offense get better. Maybe here's the thing. If Luke Getze can look himself in the mirror, look what his offensive line is giving him and just say, I need to do things differently to make sure my quarterback doesn't die on the field call those short slants, call those three-step drops and get the ball out of Justin Fields' hands much, much quicker. I referenced it. I think I talked about this on the podcast, but I still look back to 2010 when Mike Martz was calling seven-step drops for Jay Cutler and he got destroyed coincidentally in New York. He changed it up. He started calling three-step drops and yeah, it wasn't great, but it was much better and the offense started to produce. If Mike freaking Martz can do it, I feel like Luke Getze can do it. And I think his hand's going to be shown a little bit sooner because it just has to be granted. I said the same thing about Matt Nagy a couple years ago and uh, <laughs> never got that, but I, I still have faith that Luke Getze could be that guy to, to make those necessary changes. Well, I think we've, we've tried to been the word of obj- objective must've come up a hundred times in our last podcast. We're trying, we're trying, we're trying to be objective mm-hmm. and you do have to say this guy is new. He's brand new at it. And there's going to be some bumps in the road. There's going to be some learning curves. I, you know, we all want to see at least the guys on this podcast want to see them open it up a little bit. And maybe, maybe he will do that in, in time, you know, he's got to learn, but, but I think what's becoming more and more obvious is the lack of offensive line talent that we have right now. And, you know, guys that are just not getting open the way that they need to, which 
I will say one more time, I was a broken record this offseason saying they needed better weapons. You know, maybe they're building up for something next year. I don't know. But I just don't know how well the Bears are going to move the ball against this Minnesota Vikings defense. Brennan, what about the other way around? The Vikings, not so great moving the ball last week, right? They got Justin Jefferson finally involved a little bit more than, than the week before. Talking with a Vikings friend of mine, he said, man, the, the Bears are getting an easy win. And I laughed out loud and I was like, I, what? What, what, I'm sorry. He's like, oh, the Vikings can't move the ball. It's like, man, everybody can move the ball in the Chicago Bears right now. Yeah, maybe you're not going to score a touchdown in the second half. But if you can, yeah. you can do your damage early, the Vikings got a really shot, really good shot, excuse me, at, at opening this thing up. Yeah, it's funny. It feels just like they're inconsistent. I mean, I was watching a good chunk of that London game against the Saints, and that's another thing I think we need to talk about. This team's coming back from London. They don't have a bye week. That's that's something that teams are starting to do a little bit more, and I'm actually I'm wondering how much that's going to affect the Vikings and the players as they're coming back home. So something to watch. Maybe they're a little bit sluggish to start the first half, but they can move the ball pretty well because they have really, really good playmakers. Obviously, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins can be good at certain times. And then, of course, Justin Jefferson, one of the best wide receivers in the league, where they really struggle is the red zone. I mean, you want to talk about Bears red zone it, woes and play calling the Vikings. It's rough, man. I mean, just even when it comes to timeout usage, it, it's almost like looking in a mirror with the Bears. I'm like, hey, I've seen that show before. It's awful, but <laughs> that's kind of where I think the Bears could take advantage, limiting the Vikings to field goals, because if they do get in the red zone, and they will, because, again, very good offensive talent, and if you're playing a defense without Jalen Johnson on it, um, they're going to do some damage through the air, unfortunately. It's just going to happen. But I, I think the the red zone defense can tighten up, and just with the Vikings' woes, I think it'll be a little bit closer than maybe people think, but there's still the potential that things can go south. Just again, with the playmakers they have. Kirk Cousins is not playing on a Sunday night or a Monday night, which he has the worst Monday night football rating of any quarterback that's out there. Yep. Um, they're playing at noon, which again, I think your point is well made about them coming off the plane um, and maybe having some bumps. I, I get the sense Eddie Jackson has, has played really, really well. The spares secondary has at times been the strength of this defense. I mean, I, I it, it sure as hell not our, our, our defensive line. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll be kind of curious to see what Eddie Jackson does. And maybe even Jaquan Brisker does in this game. You know how I have felt about him. Um, I am a little bit worried that if, if Justin Jefferson is lined up against Kyler Gordon, how that's going to turn out. Jalen Johnson makes me feel very, very, very different about this game. Um, I, you know, I, I did go back and I looked at some of the tape and Kyler Gordon did not give up a lot of plays except when it mattered, you know, giving up those 46 yards and penalties on one yeah. drive was, was pretty rough. So I just, if, if I see Justin Jefferson lined up across number six, I am really worried about where that's going to go. Well, well, and here's the thing, like, even if he's not lined up against Gordon, what we've seen from the saints and the Packers specifically, both of those teams have stellar secondaries, particularly their star corners, Jair Alexander on the Packers, Marshawn Lattimore and the saints, the Vikings schemed Jefferson open. They used, you know, confusion or, you know, 
clustered wide receivers to free up Jefferson in space. They're moving him around. They're taking other corners out of the game. So even if Jalen Johnson does play, I think they're going to try to do their best to effectively take him out of the equation and make it so Jefferson can get some of those more favorable matchups. So that's something to watch too. Well, yeah. And you know what? I, I think I, I kind of thought Adam Thielen was out of the league and then I'm looking at his stats going, <laughs> dude had eight receptions for 72 yards uh, last week. I mean, that, that that's that's pretty damn good for for him being 107 years old, you know, and, and still still playing wide receiver. You know, they've also got Irv Smith. I mean, they, ha- they have weapons. This team yeah. definitely has weapons. But with Kirk Cousins behind center. I, I do get I, I got this strange feeling that Eddie Jackson is going to be, you know, have another interception, which would just would make me happy on on so many different levels. But I, I mean, I don't know. I just, well, but I, let me ask you a question, though, because we, we're talking a lot about the passing game. Dalvin Cook hasn't looked great this season yet. Ah. This is a get right game for Dalvin Cook and the Vikings offense. So really this could be another they might take the giants game plan and say hey we're not going to throw it that much because we're just going to have dalvin cook take it 30 times sprinkle in a little alexander madison in there and run for like 150 yards on you dalvin cook has traditionally not played the bears really really well correct but this this is not the same bears defense that we were watching a few years back you know, you, you don't have Akeem Hicks just eating up running backs right in the middle of the line. That's not taking place anymore. And so, yeah, I, I think just about anyone can run on the Bears right now. Obviously, we don't need to worry about Kirk Cousins using his legs the way that Daniel Jones did. Uh, but, yeah, I do think that the, the Vikings would be smart to try to run the football and run it early. All right, Brendan, before uh, you and I get into our predictions for how we see this game playing out, we've got some score predictions from our guys. Patrick Sheldon, I think he's still in kind of a dark place. He's got the Vikings winning 34 to 17. Um, and then this was crazy. And you, you can you can attest to this, that Jack and Logan texted within like, two seconds of each other, the exact same score. And it's a crazy score. They're both picking the Vikings to win 28 to 12. That, dude, that was nuts. That was wild. I I was, I was preparing for this episode and I see just a bunch of texts come through. I was like, what the hell's happening? And I just see both scores right away. It's one of those just crazy situations. So uh, that, that was fun to see. And also just to peel back the curtain a little bit more, I don't know if he'll appreciate me putting this out there, but Patrick Sheldon did go on the record to us saying, if the bears don't score a touchdown, he is quitting this team <laughs> He with was, a few expletives, man. He was, he would, I'm trying to, I'm going back to my San Francisco meltdown from a year ago. I think his might, his might've been worse. Maybe we didn't record all of it, but, but he's, he's in a and, bad place. And he's an Eberflus guy too, yes. which is really like, it just kind of came out of nowhere and I feel, I feel for him. I really do because it, it's frustrating as, as hell, but it's just crazy because shells was he's a big, big Eberflus fan really yes. buying into it. And then bam, just well, went off. You know, I, I do get bears fans that are saying, Hey, they're two and two be excited. Know that we're in a rebuild and we're, we're doing better than we thought. I, you know, I had predicted at this point in the season that the bears would be one and three, not two and two. And so there is part of me that that says that, but I, I think I still come back to the same thing, Brendan, which is 
if you don't develop Justin Fields, if you don't have a strong passing game, it doesn't matter if they get a couple wins and especially getting some wins against some not so great football teams. I'm not saying San Francisco isn't a great team, but you know, the, the easier games on your schedule, the ones that you can take advantage of. I mean, if, if we're not developing Justin Fields as a passer, this is not long-term success that we're looking at. No, it's not. I mean, wins are kind of a bonus. I'll never, ever pan a win uh, because we only get 17 football games a year. We're only guaranteed 17 football games a year. And I will celebrate the wins anytime they come about. But at the same time, you're right. We all knew what this, this was about. Seeing what you had, especially when it comes to the quarterback position, but as well as the rest of the team. And then using that evaluation going forward to build your team the way that you need to, to make it a contender. So I know we completely just went off the rails with that when we were doing predictions, but it's, it's always a week on bears Twitter, but Jesus, it's been a week. I mean, it's it's incredible. Just fans going back and forth and instead of getting mad at other teams, they're just getting mad at, at their own fan base. All right. So Brennan, you're right. Let's get the thing back on track here. Tell me how you see this game playing out and what's your final score prediction. All right. So I'll give you the final score. It's 24 to 16 Vikings. Uh, I do think they're going to struggle. And I do think that this is going to be like, when I say they, I mean, the Vikings they are coming back from London. They're coming back an emotional win. And we've seen some trends from the Bears team. They give up a lot of points and they, in the second quarter, they give up a lot of points and then they kind of steady the ship in the second half. So what I think is this game is going to start out hot and then just sort of fizzle in the second half. And it's always going to kind of be that eight point deficit. So um, not the worst defeat. I do see them scoring a touchdown at least. So that's good, but still not enough to get a victory. They'll fall to below 500 for the first time this season. I have gone back and forth a lot in this game and you definitely have me thinking about the Vikings coming back from London but I just don't believe in this offense right now, the way that it is. And especially with Cody Whitehair being on the sidelines, I think that the bears are going to try to pass a little bit more than we've seen. I don't know why I just got called a gut feeling. I see the Vikings coming out on top though, of a, just a grueling, awful, terrible football game. Just like we've become accustomed to this season, 17, nine Vikings over the bears. All right, uh, so my fantasy teams are hanging on by a thread, but I've got some really good advice from Logan. So uh, let's go our buys for this week. So Logan is buying Jalen Waddle, And so this is exactly what Logan has said to me. So folks, I'm relating it to you. There's been so much uncertainty surrounding Tua and he gets that. However, Waddle's average depth of target is usually on the shallow end, meaning it shouldn't take a whole lot for Teddy Bridgewater to get him the ball. Once that happens, Waddle does the rest. He's coming off a down game, which will probably be the worst of the year, which he only had two catches for 39 yards and zero touchdowns. You'll need to give something up to get him, but this will probably be your best shot at doing so. I actually contemplated putting Jalen Waddle in there for those ex- exact reasons. I mean, yeah, Tyreek Hill's been just dominating the targets, but it's not to say that Waddle's been bad. It's just sort of like he's a little bit lesser, but I still don't see the Dolphins passing attack, like taking too much of a step back. So that was, that was on my short list. Uh, but mine is also another wide receiver and it is Robert Woods. So Robert Woods on the Tennessee Titans He's actually available in one of my leagues and I'm hoping to get him, but he's really turned it on the last couple of weeks. 
with the Titans and now with Traylon Burks on injured reserve. He is like the quin- the unquestioned top pass catcher in that offense. Yes, there's still a run-focused team, but Robert Woods is going to rack up targets. He's going to rack up yards because they have to. He's their best option. And boy, don't you think the Los Angeles Rams wish they didn't trade him away in favor of Allen Robinson? I bet they do, and he is way more productive than A-Rob is. I mean, even just in real life football, but I'm buying Robert Woods. I think that's uh he's one of those names that always kind of flies under the radar, but especially now, I think he's a good buy at this time. I will fully admit, I thought Allen Robinson was going to tear it up this season. I thought we're going to see the Allen Robinson from 2018. Just what happened? I, I dude, it just, he, he, he just isn't on that team. Right he now. turned into Kellen Davis. When he gets a target, he <laughs> falls down. Okay. He can't keep his feet. Can we take a second and talk about how the Kellen, the Kellen Davis supporter came firing after you? Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. So I tweeted, I tweeted out, when did Allen Robinson become Kellen Davis? And the one guy's like, you know what? Like, why are you taking shots at Kellen Davis? He's a family friend of mine and he was very successful in the NFL. And I was like, wow, I found the only Kellen Davis truther in the world. You did. Kellen Davis, for those who don't know, he was the tight end that the Bears kept over Greg Olson. And he's best known for literally falling down anytime the ball got close to him. And this guy's going back and forth. He's like, well, you're just trying to get engagement. I'm like, well, no, duh. It's Twitter, dumbass. <laughs> and then he, he comes back and says, you know what? Kellen Davis is in his 30s and he's made millions of dollars and he's living a happy life. I'm like, dude, that's great. He just falls down a lot. That's all I'm saying. It's just a weird, weird back and forth. We have been saying this over and over and over and over again. There, I don't think there's there's maybe two people in the NFL that I would wish ill will on. And I think if you really, 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 really listen, you're probably going to know one of them plays quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, right? The other ones, however, like I, I wish you nothing but success, right? Especially if you played for the Chicago Bears. I want yeah. you to do well. I want your, your life to go very well. But I'm going to be critical of the thing that you're doing, you know, uh, on Sundays. And that's part of why we why we do this. Let's let's get on. I'm getting angry and I shouldn't be getting angry about Kellen Davis, but we're doing it. Okay, it's time for a sell going right back to these are Logan's picks, not mine. Logan knows what he's doing. I don't. Gabe Davis. And this one hurts because I have Gabe Davis in both of my leagues. Uh, he said he was really high on Davis coming into this year. And while he thinks he can still be a very good player and a very good offense, he doesn't command a high number of targets due to the fact that he's not an elite route runner targets equals fantasy value. I think that that that's such an excellent point targets equal fantasy value. You should be able to get good value for him. Given that plays he, that he plays with Josh Allen and everybody remembers that Davis did the chiefs bills playoff game last year. Brendan, who do you got? That Gabe Davis pick uh, makes me angry because for the second week in a row, uh, Logan picked somebody that's on my team. And if you remember last week, he picked Javante Williams. And I hope you sold him because he's lost for the season. So I swear to God, Logan, if you just whammy Gabe Davis, I am coming over to California and we're going to have a long talk, mister. (laughs) But I am going to sell Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions. What? Yes. Listen to me. Okay. The Lions are, yes, they are 
the best offense in football right now, which sounds stupid to say. Jared Goff's not necessarily a big part of that. And I think the, I mean, he is a big part of that from a real football standpoint. He's having a decent season. I think if you can get him for, or if you can sell him, if you have him, I think you're probably getting a pretty penny because they, there's no way this can be sustained. I don't believe this offense is going to be as good in the next few weeks. I think they're going to come down to earth, especially if injuries continue to kind of hamper this team with Amon Ross St. Amon Ross St. Brown still out. DJ Shark, DeAndre Swift is, you know, hit or miss here. I know he's missed a couple weeks. So I think you can probably get a good price if you sell Jared Goff. I, again, will admit how little I know about football when I say I thought Jared Goff would just go away instead of leading the number one offense in the NFL. Just crazy. All right. So, Brendan, I think I understand the words that Logan has here, but sometimes when we're going through this betting stuff, I will admit, cause I don't do it. Like it, it sounds a little bit like you guys are speaking a foreign language. So if I give you Logan's first bet, will you tell me essentially what, what he's saying? I think I get it, but I'm not hundred percent. So yeah. his first one is the Colts Broncos under 42.5 total points. His reasoning is the Broncos offense is gross. The Colts offense is gross. No Jonathan Taylor, no Javante Williams. Both teams are playing on short rest, obviously. So the, the that, okay, just making sure that I'm not as stupid as I think that I might be. That just means you're, you're saying that there's going to be under 42 points scored in this game. Yes. And did you say it was a 42 or 42 and a half? 42 and a half apologies. Okay. Yeah. No, that's big it, because of Why? course, you know, it, well, if it's 42, do the math. I'm, I'm not a math guy, but you know, if you do the, if it's 42 points, exactly, you just hit the under. So 42 and a half, that's, you know, kind of the, uh, the kicker, I guess, with it, anything 43 and above you lose the bet. So I, I think it's a pretty good bet. These, both these offenses suck. I mean, the Colts were shut out at one point this season they just lost their best playmaker their passing game is broken and from the broncos i think this boy was this last week the first time i think they even scored 20 points this is probably going to be a really really ugly thursday night football game which sucks because i i love watching thursday night games and having stuff to root for and making bets so it's a pretty good say it's a good bet on logan's part who i might add he went one and one last week I went one and one last week as well. I know he was very chesty about his two and L picks the week before. So I just wanted to bring that out to, you know, make sure everybody knew where we were at. All right. So Brendan, before you get your two, I'm going to give you Logan's second bet, which is the Bengals Ravens over 48 and a half total points in two matchups last year. These teams combined for 62 and 58 points. The Ravens defense is not what it used to be and its secondary is putrid. Joe Burrow has stacked up a couple of good weeks. After an awful start to the year, Lamar Jackson should be able to get the job done as well. Yeah, I was really blown away by the fact that the Ravens' defense is not a good defense right now. Yeah, it's one of those things that should be a constant, I feel like. And I also like that bet, too. Um, The Bengals are coming off of long rest from last Thursday night. They are starting to figure out their offense, like we said, like Logan said. And the Ravens are usually consistently able to score about 25 points no matter what. And the Bengals defense isn't anything to write home about. So 
Yeah, that's a solid bet. I'd probably, I'd make that. And it's always fun to, we just talked about ugly games on Thursday night and the unders. It's always fun betting overs on primetime games. It's finally starting, I think, to turn around too, because the unders have come in more recently, low scoring games, but we saw it on uh, Sunday night with the Chiefs and the Bucks. That was a high scoring affair. I think last Thursday night, uh, the over hit as well. So it's, I think the trend's starting to, starting to change. Uh, so I'll give you my bets real quick. Uh, the first one is Texans Jaguars over 43 and a half. These two teams really in years past, I know there's new coaches, but just a stupid shootout usually breaks out between them for no reason at all. And the Jaguars are actually doing a good job of scoring points. I, I think last week was their lowest at just 21 against a really, really solid Eagles defense. And then the Texans, same thing. Somehow, even with their offense, just not looking that great, they're able to stack up points. And these two, especially the Texans, they give up fourth quarter points too. So I think this it's a low number at 43 and a half. So I feel comfortable betting the over there. And then my second pick, I'm a little more nervous about this one, but I have the Falcons plus eight and a half against the Bucks. So we were talking about overs and unders recently. This is the actual point spread. So the Buccaneers are favored by eight and a half points against the Falcons. So that means they would have to win by nine points or more to actually cover. So on the opposite side, I have the Falcons covering with eight plus eight and a half. So really all the Bucs have to do is either, well, A, lose or B, just win by eight points or fewer. And eight points, that's a one-score game already. That's Eight and a half is a lot of points, and the Falcons are they are frisky. A few people have called them frisky because they're, they're stacking up wins when they shouldn't. They're keeping games close, and I don't like what I'm seeing from the Buccaneers right now. I think they've only played one good game. They were just outmatched and outscored last week against the Chiefs. They played poorly against the Packers in a game that they should have won. They're still reeling. And guess what? Tom Brady's hurt. He's got a shoulder injury. He's got a hand injury. He's got a marriage injury. All of that stuff happening. I don't like this Buccaneers matchup. And I think that I have to go back, but I'm pretty sure the Bucs struggle against the Falcons too, historically, since Brady's been back there. So Falcons plus eight and a half, but I wouldn't, I would be lying if I didn't say I was a little nervous about it. Awesome. I'm I'm learning betting advice. I should go and start gambling right now. Responsibly. Responsibly. So that I don't end up in a trunk in the middle of Las Vegas like Logan is right now. All right, folks. Well, thank you, Brendan, for letting me sit in on this pregame pod. We got the Minnesota Vikings coming to town. Looking forward to this football game because hey, we get to watch the Bears play football. So that's that's fun. We're gonna have fun. And we might get mad at the same time, but we're going to we're going to enjoy ourselves, right? Absolutely. We I said we're only guaranteed 17 football games a season. They're going to piss us off no matter what. But let's try to enjoy it. And just remember, remember that hopeful feeling you get on a Sunday morning waking up as you're watching some really bad pregame show getting ready for the game. Just remember that hope. And we want to thank you guys for listening to the pregame shows. Uh, This is our, I think, fourth or fifth week doing it. And of course, Ryan, thank you for coming in to fill in for Logan. You did a phenomenal job learning about the bets, but um, we know you're enjoying these pregame podcasts. The numbers show it. And we just want to say thank you for that. But 
make sure you listen all the way through. It helps us with our analytics. It helps us when it comes to growing the podcast. And we really appreciate all the support we can get. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where we think we know all of the numbers, but if, if you do, please listen all the way through the end of the episode. Yeah, even if you've, you've got it, the volume turned down there at the very, very end, it, it, it helps us out a lot. So thank you, folks. Just we're so thankful for all of you that are that are listening, that are enjoying the pod, that are interacting with us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. It means a lot. So I know I speak for Jack Wright, Logan Bradley. Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, I'm Ryan Dangle. Folks, thank you so very much for listening to the Bear Down Chicago podcast. And as always, folks, Bear Down Chicago. Bear down Chicago.